podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The 2018 midterm election cycle has been long, expensive, and nasty. Dave Barry and Carl Hyacin have seen their fair share of all of that. They've made their careers as journalists and authors documenting, celebrating, and roasting life in Florida. So who better to give us a little perspective right before the 2018 midterm elections? I'm Tom Hudson. Dave and Carl appeared together for Derision 2018, an event presented by the First Amendment Foundation. That's a nonprofit that supports open and transparent government through open records and open meetings laws. This was recorded in front of a live audience at Broward College's Bailey Hall in Davie, Florida, on October 9th, 2018. Carl Hyacin and Dave Barry are with us. You know them well. Let's say hello to them. Fellows, come on out. So the two of you have been widely successful in documenting Floridians and what we do in the environment that we live in. What role do you think open documents and open government have played in your ability to tell the stories of uh, life here in Florida. Probably kept us out of jail. <clears throat> <That's> a... <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, without, without the news stories that generate the columns, I mean, it's the, it's the material that reporters get when they, when they go to the courthouse and, and dig this stuff up and have access to um, that generates the stories that inspire me and, me and Dave to do uh, what we do, which is to uh, make fun of government. Uh, not just the people of Florida, but the, the government of Florida. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's essential. And the, uh, when you mention all the exemptions of the Sunshine Law, but I remember, I'm old enough to remember when it passed, and it was, so, it was a celebrated time, not just for reporters, but for citizens, because it gave citizens access. And, and every year they systematically um, reduced that. And, uh, but I'm confident, though, it, as it goes, th these challenges go through the court system and get to our new Supreme Court, I don't think we'll, we should have any. <laughs> we have nothing to worry about. As long as we bring beer. I, I just want to say before we, we get to what we did in high school, which I think we now have to talk about. <laughs> yes. I was involved when I was 18 years old with a group of camp counselors who painted a horse red. But we used uh, water-based paint, and there were Singapore slings involved. And <laughs> you would have, you would have, you would have made it. That would, uh, that story wouldn't have kept you off the Supreme Court. Yeah, actually now. <laughs> <laughs> now that might get me on the Supreme Court. The, the, bar, um, the bar is pretty low now. I think we can get away with the horse story. But um, yeah, this is a battle that we're all, I mean, that we're all concerned with uh, and should be concerned with. And I mean, we have a governor who flies around the state secretly. Nobody, he doesn't have to publish his travel schedule because he's using his own private jet. He's the first governor in history to ever invoke uh, personal security and safety as an issue for not telling the people who elected him where he's going to be on any given day uh, doing the business of the people who elected him. Yeah. Um, no other governor has ever said, oh, it's too scary if they know where I'm going to Yeah, Bob Graham used to show up like bussing your table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We had a governor who used to walk everywhere, for goodness sake. Yeah, he right? walked, yeah. <laughs> With Governor Scott, at 4 o'clock, a reporter's inbox will fill up with his schedule for the day of what he did at noon and 2.30. We don't get that at 8 o'clock in the morning. We get it at 4 o'clock in, in the afternoon. But we were talking about this. We should, we, we, where it's missing from a, all of us, we were, the, the Navy, we should all wear Navy caps. Navy hats. Navy hats. We need that Navy yeah. cap. Yeah. Apparently, that's an essential tool of the job. Yeah. Whenever, well, whenever there's a hurricane, the first thing he grabs is yeah. his Navy cap and yeah. puts it on and runs to the well, command center. And, and uh, the, the hurricane that is approaching the panhandle is serious enough where he's brought out the Navy blazer now as well. That's, that's right. So, yeah. Are they on the beaches up there yet telling us to stay off the beaches? 
the media folks. Not yeah, no, they've, been, they've been there. They'll be there. Yeah, Cantori yeah. was there days ago. Yeah, yeah no, stay off the beaches. Yeah. You know, I had a proposal <clears throat> about hurricanes, which is that the worst part about a hurricane is not when you lose your power. It's when your neighbors get their power back and you don't. <laughs> and So my idea was that FP&L would have a special department, and if your neighbors got their power back and you didn't, and it, six hours went by, you could call them and they would send somebody to take the power away from your neighbors. See, that kind of a hotline, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like a revenge squad. You know? <laughs> Will the hurricane now be the issue in the governor's race and in the Senate race? Why do you think we're having it now? <laughs> yeah. I think geographically it's not, I, I think that part of the state was probably already going to go uh, pretty heavily for, uh, for, for Scott and for the, yeah. um, uh, and for the, I'm not sure how to say it because he says it two different names, DeSantis or DeSantis, right. depending on which commercial he's airing in which part of the yeah. state, I'm dead serious. Yeah. He pronounces it differently in different commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, whoever was, he, he was along, he wasn't in the Navy SEALs, but he was alongside the Navy SEALs. He clarified that, whatever that means, um, that's the guy. I've been alongside a Navy SEAL. I have too, and I, I, we should run for office. We should like get rings. Yeah, yeah. Made. <laughs> or hats, you could get hats, hats, hats well, yeah, yeah, SEAL hats. You could get hats. But um, I think if the hurricane would, had behaved, it would have been uh, better for at least Scott, especially in South Florida, where he's uh, he's going to you know face tougher yeah. uh, tougher time. For it to come into South Florida, that would have been better for him. The command center could have been down here, but mm. it's up in like Tallahassee, and it's like you know, come on, everyone's not not everyone is upset about it heading towards Tallahassee. <laughs> Is that true, Dave? Sorry, what? Is that true? Well, is what true? I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, something bad about this. It's just like cable television yeah. tonight, then, right? Yeah, yeah. What about uh, Senator Nelson in this? Uh, presumably, he's been told he's running for re-election, correct? Yeah. He had, he had an interesting statement. I don't know what happened to this, because it was a couple months ago. But he said that the Russians were had hacked or was, were involved in the Florida elections. And at first I thought, well, that's terrible. And I thought, well, how, they can't do any worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's been, I mean, I remember Rubio went through that, that he had, that somebody had tried to hack into his, um, uh, his, well, some of his campaign accounts when he was running in the primaries against Trump, and that went away too. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, if you're the Russians and you're watching this, you're very, can, I mean, you, I, I think you have mixed feelings about who you hack and who you sabotage. <laughs> it's hard to get excited. And how can you really tell anymore? Did yeah. an 11-year-old hack into a, a, yeah. a, yeah, so. a voting machine, a Florida voting machine? Yeah. So, so there's that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, that STEM education is really paying off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's one thing. As I was driving up here, I got an alert uh, from our friends at the Miami Herald. Uh, and here's the headline. With hours left to register to vote in Florida, complaints are mounting over glitches. Glitches. Oh, Whoa. No. <laughs> glitches here in Florida. Call you shocked on this? Yeah, yeah. stunned. Surprise. Uh... This goes back to the 2000 election when, for a brief period, I believe William Shatner was leading. <laughs> yeah. But we've, we've never, we haven't been able to run an election cleanly since then, have we? I don't think. No, and that, I mean, that's the problem is the whole nation now expects this of us. Right. That we, they're disappointed if there's not something like we, this going on. We need on. to give our electoral college votes to a state that can count. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And every, every county. Yeah, the other, the other thing that's funny about glitches, if you, if you read the stories closely, 
is they almost never happen, for instance, uh, in precincts on the island of Palm Beach. Uh, <laughs> oddly, everyone there registers just fine and they get to vote. It's, it's when you get into like real neighborhoods yeah. where the glitches pop up and, there's a, and all of a sudden registration is an issue and the, the absentee ballots are an issue. And that, in the old days, I mean, this, this myth about the corrupt electoral problem, people voting who shouldn't vote. I mean, in the old days, we'd have some dead people in Miami vote every now and, and then. But we they weren't. Dead, dead people getting elected in Miami. Yeah, but they, but, but they. And serving quite honorably. They were the, that was the one thing. You didn't have to worry because that was the one way to get an honest politician was that he was already gone. Um, but, but it's interesting to hear this, this mythology pop up that people are lined up, you know, the, 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 the immigrants are lined up trying to vote and right. vote, and then they yeah. get in, you know, the president's great council, a special committee that was going to look into uh, electoral fraud to prove that he had really won the election by three, they, they sent that guy back to, I think it was Iowa, where was Kansas. he? Kansas. Kansas, oh, I'm sorry. All right. Let's be clear. They sent that knucklehead back, he packed up and left, they didn't find anything. Uh, so, you know, the way it's usually done is with the absentee ballots. All they have to do is study Miami-Dade County, and that's where the fraud has always been, is the absentee ballots. The Herald ballots. did a story once, it was a great story, where they just interviewed people voting about where they lived, and a lot of them didn't live in Miami, but just kind of felt like they should vote there, because that's where their, <laughs> yeah. that's where their roots were, and they were really upfront about it, and they didn't really see why that would be a problem. They they cared about Miami, and they wanted to vote there. Sure. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I I did have a proposal for eliminating um, ballot fraud in Florida, and it, it was after the 2000 election with the whole ballot, butterfly ballot, mm -hmm. Palm Beach uh, County fiasco, and it was to just go old school and print photographs of the candidates' faces on the ballot, and you would vote by poking out your candidate's eyeball. <laughs> and I, I still think that that would go a long way. And a lot of fraud. Yeah. I had an old boss of mine, when he found out I was moving to Florida, he took me to lunch, and he said, Tom, I want, I want you to know, you know the kind of environment that you're moving into. I mean, you're not only just going to Florida, you're moving South Florida. And there's a lot of shady stuff. Um, he worked in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they actually, Illinois has actual prison gangs made up entirely of ex-governors. Of governors, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and that's one thing that Florida is not leading the nation in. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, I, I I have to tell this story because Carl and I both ended up writing about the same incident, but it was, you know, this whole thing about people think Florida is insane, and when we are now the the joke state, yeah. and we have been for quite a while. And, um, and I, I defend us, and the, the story I pick, Carl and I independently both ended up um, making parts of, of books, but it, it involves, and you folks may remember this, there was a woman uh, driving south on the overseas highway to Key West, to, um, and she was in a hurry to get there. This is all according to the Florida State Highway Patrol report later filed on this incident. She was in a hurry to get to Key West because her boyfriend was there, and uh, she wanted to look good for the, the, get, you know, the reunion, and so she decided that she would sh shave her bikini region. Now, a lot of people would pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> but she, as I say, was in a hurry, so she outsourced the steering of the car to the passenger who, and this is one of the things that makes this a Florida story, was her ex-husband. Yeah. And this is all true. Carl, Carl. Yeah. He, was, he was driving and she was shaving. She saved yeah. So right. what, what could possibly go wrong? Um, who could have foreseen it? The, the car in front of them slowed down to make a turn and she slammed into it at 40 miles an hour and that was the accident. So anyway, this became international news. Um, Florida, can you believe Florida? This crazy woman shaving her bikini region. Florida's full of crazy people. That woman was from Indiana. She was, she was shaving her Hoosier. So uh, what my point is, yeah, there are a lot of stupid, crazy people in this state, but they're not all from here. That's my...
think one of the morals of that story is open government documents, too, because it was yeah. the police report, after all, that there was, uh, It was a police led, report led that an intrepid reporter in Key West. That's right. Uh, and, and then, he, then he, uh, he tracked down the state trooper. And this was true. I have this story to the day. And this, the state trooper was a, a mile marker 22 or something where this happened on a significantly ramrod key. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Which, by the way, is where WLRN broadcasts from in the Keys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, the state trooper, who, who obviously is, is being in the Keys, doesn't get interviewed a lot. And he said, you know, he said, I, I stop people on this highway all the time. And he said, I've seen a lot of crazy things. He said, but usually it's just some guy with a bunch of needles hanging out of his arm. <laughs> he's, like, he's like pining for the days when, when heroin addicts would be caught. This really upset him, this scene yeah. that he had encountered. And, it makes and you question your whole existence. It makes some, it, yeah. why am I here? Why do I have this job? This lady with the razor. So. Let's True. talk about the rainbow of colors that is uh, showing up on Florida shores. Oh. We've got uh, the collective groan in the audience, yeah. We've got blue-green algae, red tide, and in the St. John's watershed north of here, uh, brown algae. So um, uh, we, we are uh, really in some, uh, some straits here, Carl. No, it's, it's not, it's, it, there's not much funny about that. I mean, no. th this is uh, the one thing that gets everybody's attention. Now, you see this in the political ads, is that Rick Scott, is, he's, now he's a born-again environmentalist. And this is, <laughs> this is an incredible transformation. And, uh, uh, but he will not be, I wrote a column about this, he, he will not be photographed or seen anywhere near a, a beach or in the, like in St. Louis area where they have the blue Well, because the, wa the water makes him melt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, went, he, he, went, he went on a fact-finding mission up in, in, in Martin County when they, the, and they literally had to, they smuggled him basically onto a boat he motored around for a while. He didn't talk to reporters. There were citizens there, people who lived there saying, what's going on? Why, was, why are we getting dumped on from Lake Okeechobee? Never met with them. And that was, that was his entire, because he was running for the Senate, he didn't want to be photographed with it. And the red tide is complicated. It happens, it's happened for a couple hundred years. Uh, to the extent that it's happening now is almost historic. The blue-green algae, we know where that comes from. And, and the, the fertilizer and stuff that gets dumped in the, in the lake. But um, now everyone's alarmed because apparently it's very bad for business. Uh, all the, well, I have a thought on that. You know, all the fish, the pictures of all the dead fish. Why don't we use that in our favor? Like, sportsmen go to other states where to catch a fish, you have to go to a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to bait a hook and throw it in, yeah. and the fish don't always, you know. Yeah. Here, you just go to the beach and there they take are. Take a bucket. Right? <laughs> Bring a bucket. Right. Not just fish, manatees, porpoises. Yeah, yeah. That, apparently that's all, all bad for business. But I, I read in one county, Manatee County, they had by, and by August they had already um, bulldozed and removed 285 tons of dead fish from their beaches. Think about that. How'd you like to be a real estate agent showing that house? Would you mind, what, can we put on a gas mask before you go into the house? I mean, the, the stench coming off of, it's, it's extraordinary. So now the high alarm, this is always the way it'll be. And then in wintertime when the water temperature cools and the algae dies off, uh, we'll forget about it again until, uh, uh, until next year. But this is, what, this is not accidental. You know, we, don't, we, we are contributing every day with the amount of fertilizer and crap that's coming not just you know off of farms and not just off of orange groves but from municipalities cities everything dumping and it, this is like a nightmare uh, for uh, because it's an economic nightmare all of it. it should be a moral nightmare it should be we should be horrified because it's so wrong to do this to a beautiful place but a lot of the horror now is coming from the fact that oh shit, I got to close down my motel and that's a, that's a different kind of horror, but that's what's happened. Dave, is this the year that uh, the environment matters? No. Florida education? <laughs> I think the most important issue in Florida on the you know, state level is going to always be taxes. 
and you know, as long as and lack thereof. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest. But there, I mean, there are. There, can I, I? I did some research on some local issues. <laughs> Always I, brings notes. I brought notes because yeah. unlike Carl, I don't read the paper. And I like. <laughs> no, I, and I'm just. I've, you know, I've been kind of out of touch for a while, and I wanted to to see what was going on in the news, and I found some stories that just fast me. I'd like to get Carl's reaction if I could. The, the first one is that the headline in the Miami Herald was Herald endorsement, it was actually in the Miami New Times, but it was about a Herald story. Herald endorsement of candidate abducted by aliens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Do you know about this story? I do not know about this story, or this candidate. Tom, do you know about this story? Oh, sure, yeah, this was in the a, Republican a guy, primary. There was a guy, a uh, candidate, served in the Florida House of Representatives named Bruno Barrero, and he's running against a, a woman named Rodriguez Aguilera, and apparently he, his record is so bad that the Herald endorsed her, despite the fact that she appeared on a um, Spanish-language TV show called Extra-Dimensional Experiences, in which she said she zoomed around the universe with three giant blonde beings in a quartz-powered spaceship. She also said that aliens who resembled Brazil's Christ the Redeemer statue yeah. told her there are 30,000 non-human skulls hidden in Maltese caves. The energy center of the world exists in Africa, and South Miami's mysterious coral castle mm -hmm. was built by aliens. Mm. And the Herald endorsed her. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say that I also believe Coral Castle was built by aliens. <laughs> And so was the Golden Glades interchange, in my opinion. Uh, but that's, I don't know how I missed that story. That's um, not the real story that I wanted to read you. That just leading up to the one. This, actual, this, this headline appeared in the Miami Herald, okay, this last week. Quote, did the commissioner accused of sphincter bleaching just compare the mayor to Hitler? <laughs> Yeah, you know, here I have to ask you a question. This is Hallandale. Hallandale no, 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 no. I have a question oh. for you before we get into this. To, to find this, you didn't just Google sphincter, sphincter bleaching. bleaching no. <laughs> I'm I, glad I, to hear I that. googled anus bleaching. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but here, here's a quote, just so you're familiar with the background, because I see you're not keeping up on this news, Carl. Well, I, again, I Last have, I have month, no the idea. mayor of Hallandale Beach, Keith London, bizarrely accused fellow commissioner Annabelle Limatau of profiting from bleaching her sphincter, <laughs> causing public outrage in a series of Me Too posts on social media. Now, Limatau is the one under fire for apparently comparing the mayor to Adolf Hitler during Wednesday night's regularly scheduled meeting. Both the mayor and Limatau are Jewish. My favorite single statement that appeared in, in, the, in the Herald is the following. Lima Taub told the Miami Herald that she does not profit from bleaching her own anus. anus. Well, I, we think, I think she's put... So I it's think, easy to get lost in the state level. I think she's yeah. put the issue to rest, and I think uh, voters should be satisfied with that. Um, I have <laughs> nothing to say to that. I, 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 I don't know how I missed it. On the other hand, I'm not sure how you found it. I was just... <laughs> I'm just doing my, my, my due diligence as a citizen. Okay, one more. This is, it, there's one part of this that makes this a Florida story, okay? Right. An 81-year-old, this is not funny, really, it's just Florida. Oh. An 81-year-old Florida man attempted to buy an 8-year-old girl from her mother for $200,000 at a Port Orange Walmart. Is that the most Florida headline you ever? You know, but I'm going to tell you the sad thing is that is not the first case of someone trying to buy somebody's child at Walmart. And I swear you. Well, where else would you go? I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, assuming you're looking for a bargain. Sam's Club. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but I, that's not the, the, the thing that, the only extraordinary thing about that, the price, uh, because generally people, well, I mean, I guess, I guess people could have $200,000 flying I, around and I, go to I Walmart. But in any market. case, I've read other stories about the Walmart child thing. Really? Yeah, not in, but not, not all in Florida. It's, in I, our I, defense. Iowa had most of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dave, if I have my political history right, 
you ran for president. I did. Yeah. I ran, yeah I Two years do. ago. Time what happened to that campaign? What went wrong? Well, I collected a lot of cash. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it, I, um, I did run. My, my original uh, platform was I uh, favored the death penalty. Uh, this is going back a while. For whoever is responsible for making Americans use low-flow toilets. Um, <laughs> no, you, some of these older people remember, we used to have great toilets in this country. Um, <laughs> We had powerful. We had toilets that could suck down a mature sheep, and and now so we. So you wanted to make toilets strong again, yeah. Right. Yeah. Great again. That that was only one of my. I had a, a number of. I'm trying to remember my platform. All right, one was, like, okay. Donald Trump wanted to build a wall. Yep. If we want to keep people from getting into our country from Mexico, we don't need to build a wall. We need to send the Florida Department of Transportation down there and tell them to fix the roads. <laughs> Nobody will ever get through again, you know. You also were interested in healthcare in your platform, okay, yeah, too. Um, I, this would be my highest priority were I the President of the United States. We need to find a way for the medical profession to get to the prostate gland other than the way they're getting to it now. <laughs> People say, well, what do you want? I'll tell you what men want. We want a procedure where the doctor stands 85 yards away. <laughs> goes, Looks good from here, Dave. You know? So I, I have my, because that's, I mean, just for the benefit of those of you who are not men, um, we, we hate this procedure. And I know women go through much worse. I'll be, let's get right up. Women deal with much worse. But men are not comfortable with this. And this is always the last part of the exam. The, the doctor waits to the end because basically he and you are both hoping there will be a nuclear war. <laughs> So you won't have to do this because he doesn't want to do it either. But at some point, you're turned around, your pants are down. He's putting the glove on, and you're you're like tense. No guy is ever calm and relaxed no. in this. So my doctor is a guy named Curtis Hamburg, and he's a wonderful doctor. The first time we were ever at this moment, and I'm turned around, and my pants are down, and I'm just waiting for that moment. And he's putting on the glove, and he and, he, and to calm me down, he goes. You know, Dave, when you should feel really nervous is when you feel both my hands on your shoulders. Um, <laughs> and that's true. Puts it right in. <laughs> that is not my joke. That was Kurt Hamburg's <laughs> actual joke in that actual moment. So, Carl, so that First Amendment is very important. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to all of us. We're here to celebrate that, yeah. Uh, given the, um, shall we say, the quality of the political discourse that we've mm -hmm. seen in this country since yeah. Dave's failed 2016 campaign, as we look at journalists, we always have to look forward to the next big campaign. What say you about that platform, perhaps if he's playing with the 2020? I think it's, I think it's uh, Trump could steal any one of those from him and would. I think, especially, the, I think Trump would, I think he, he could do a great job with the toilet stuff. I mean, just, he, just when he walks out, did you see him going up the, did you see him going up the plank on Air Force One the other day with toilet paper yeah. stuck yeah. on his shoe? <laughs> and I, wouldn't you think that the President of the United States has a gigantic staff that somebody would have said something to him. I think the person in charge of that is the one that wrote the New York Times op-ed. <laughs> I think that's, that's the person who is supposed to be looking after that, uh, the, the personal things, and just said, you know what, I'm just going to let him, every camera in the world is on him. I think I'm going to let him walk all the way up <laughs> those frickin' stairs with that toilet paper stuck to his shoe. Um, uh, but what concerned me uh, uh, partly about the whole scene was that he'd been riding in a limousine for some time. <laughs> Is there, did he A, not know 
uh, it was just sitting in the limousine, or was is there an actual facility in the presidential limousine? Is oh, there, I guess you mean like a, they call like, it the beast, I think. The beast, well, <laughs> so. kind of like a football, but a toilet. Yeah, like a nuclear toilet sort of thing that we in don't know about. But then I'm, because I thought, well, he wouldn't have let him come all the way from the White House like that, would they? Or maybe they, maybe. Well, they, they might have really, you know, adhesive toilet paper at the White House. Yeah, they might have some high grade. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was quite a metaphor for the, 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 the whole state of the country, that scene right there. It was like, here we are, the leader of the free world. As <laughs> he's saluting, going in. What are you guys looking for uh, as, as we move through this political cycle into the next one, which will start on November 7th? A new passport. Is, uh, <laughs> what are you looking at? Do you mean that the, it's a cycle following the midterms? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've looked for more of the same. I think yeah. it's going to get worse. I think it's, it's just, I think it's worse. A, I would I, like us to get to a point, and I don't know if it's possible ever, when we're talking about something besides the 2016 election. Yeah. I think everybody kind of, everybody stopped paying, I think most normal humans stopped paying attention to it at some point in 2017, but I don't think. The, the media and political complex ever got over it. And it's no, and I think most Americans, it's a, but Dave and I were talking about this earlier, that, and we're trying to puzzle through this one, um, that uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton are going on tour together. Yeah, okay. They're doing, uh, doing a tour together, uh, and I don't, I don't know what they do. I guess they just speak, or I, I'm trying they're just, to. They're just two crazy kids in love, and they. <laughs> This like the Who's last they tour. They just want to get out there. Yeah. time. This is like Alice Cooper and Billy Idol <laughs> going which, to which the going to the Ultra mind, Festival in down mind? in South Beach. Does yeah. someone's giving them some information that this they could fill a room? I don't know. Maybe like you know. And why can't they just let it go? As you said, the one, the one. Seriously, the one group that is not sponsoring this is the Democratic National no, Party. Not, not. One group that's, no, oh, this is enough. We've had enough. It's just over. Let it go. Yeah. Uh, but it, I don't know whether it's ego, hope springs eternal, or... Well, do you think we'll see a blue wave in November? A blue wave. Uh, I do, I, honestly, they're, they're not going to win the Senate back. The Democrats are not right. going to win the Senate back. Um, they, may, they, they could win the House. I wouldn't call it a blue wave. Uh, I mean, a wave implies a huge uh, national uprising and movement. I would call it a seepage. Uh, uh, sort of a, a, general, a general feeling of disgust, and, but I, I wouldn't call it overpowering. Uh, I, I mean, they'll be celebrating, but I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure I would be doing cartwheels. I don't think the level of discourse is going to get any better based on what we've seen just this last few weeks and, and beyond. I don't think suddenly, I mean, I think people are all sick of it, but I don't, I think the politicians are still basically gonna go wherever the votes are, no matter how low they have to crawl to get the votes. I don't think that's ever gonna change. Um, Dave? I don't, I, the thing is that people are talking about the blue wave are the same people that also assured us that Donald Trump couldn't possibly win the presidency, so I don't, Take, I don't know, I'll wait, till, I'll wait till after the election. I'll make your predictions then. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you look how, and, and, and I, both Dave and I and, and, and Tom know people that work in the business of, of polling, and, they're, and, and they can be incredibly accurate and incredibly precise. And, and, but I, nobody predicted uh, Andrew Gillum was going to become the Democratic nominee in the state of Florida. In fact, I mean, in some of the, some of the very distinguished or, or, or well-respected polls I saw, he was third or fourth. That's right, yeah. Um, or, or lower. So uh, when he, I mean, that's how, that's, you just don't know. And you don't know what was going to happen. And, and that's what, as I said with you, I mean, we'll see what happens. But sometimes voters were really really surprise you and, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens even Florida voters even Florida voters. I was just I was stunned I thought you know this is unbelievable. Huh? Yeah, yeah I was 
um, I, this shows you how much I know, which is nothing, but a couple months before that happened, I was, I was interviewed by a, a documentary crew that was, uh, and, I, and they were doing something in Florida, and they put the Florida politics, and they said, we're following this guy around. He's running for governor, Andrew Gillum of Tallahassee. And I said, well, I know who he is. I said, he doesn't have a chance in hell. Why are you following him around? Uh, and, and that's how bright I am. And they're going, well, we, we know he's, he's, he's way down in the polls, but he's an interesting guy. He does this and that. And, and so they just camped out, with, and it's worked out pretty well for them. I, I, I'm, I'm sure they threw out any, every bit of videotape that I, they took with me, because I, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. But they're going to say he's going to raise taxes and then. Oh, well. That's, you know, yeah, well, as long as you. The, the great thing for us as humorists about having a no state income tax. And, and, is that and, we don't pay any state income tax? No. Well, that's the first thing. The second thing is that now that the federal tax law has changed so that in states like uh, New York and Connecticut where they, they have a state income tax, but they used to be able to deduct it from their regular taxes, so it kind of evened out. Well, they've eliminated that deduction. So the real estate, the high-end real estate market for people now setting up residence in Florida uh, from California has gone through the roof because people are saying, well, screw it, we can't deduct our, we're going to be, that means they have to stay here six months in one day. So you have all these people pouring in who are a source of great comedy. You have... Um, I was wondering why this is good for humorists, but okay. I mean, well, it's good because the behavior is going to get worse. Oh, that's what okay. we write about. Um, there, there's just a lot of uh, rich folks who are going to pile in and all of a sudden become Florida residents and, uh, and, and, uh, and instant Floridians. That's, that's how and why our governor got here. That's why he got here. He lives here like a year and a day, six months and a day, too. We, know, we don't know because he won't tell us when he's here. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know where the hell he is. That'd be funny if Rick Scott lived most of the time like in New Mexico. In Phoenix, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't he was, he's in Scottsdale most yeah. of the time, yeah. He looks like a Scottsdale kind of guy. He does, he's yeah. very dried out. In San Diego, because that's, he gets the hats at yeah. the naval base yeah. there. But, but, the, but the point is, Florida... Is he a, okay, what, what would you estimate as the body fat content of Governor Scott? <laughs> Anybody? It's got to be like zero, right? It's like a pr praying mantis level... <laughs> Body fat, but but he does have that navy hat. That navy hat. But the point is that that we have, we were already a magnet for 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 uh, you know freaks and fugitives and desolate souls who have nowhere. But else you're to saying go. now we have a chance to get like Kardashians. We have a Kardashian chance. Kardashian level. We have a chance to get Kanye. We have a chance. <laughs> That'd I be mean, so great. The tax, the, you know, the tax thing. Everybody can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the idea, especially if they're living like they're New York residents, now they're, you know, they've got great characters up there. Rick Scott actually celebrated the day that Florida passed New York State in population. He was so proud of the fact that we passed, Florida is now more populous than New York State. And then I saw this great graph that showed how much the population of New York State has, has actually shrunk and how much the state of Florida population And the, the numbers were remarkably similar. That's right. It's as if they were moving here. Yeah. Who knew, who could have guessed that? Yeah, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's like when Atlanta always advertised, we have the world's busiest airport. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. me in Yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, book me through Macon, please. Yeah. Um, but it's true. He, this is a guy that loves the big numbers. You know, 20 million people, pack them in. So, and, and, and eventually, the, the irony is that people who do come here, as many of you have, and, and care about the place and love the place, they're sort of on the vanguard of, of the resistance. And, and it's not necessarily native Floridians. My generation sold out as fast as they could. They, they couldn't peddle enough pasture land as fast as they could to get out of it. Um, a lot of the great environmental resistance uh, leaders have come from other places and got come down here and said, what are you doing to this place? Are you nuts? Why are you wrecking it? That's the interesting thing about these movements is where they call them grassroots. It doesn't mean you have to be born and raised here to go out and fight for the place. Some of those environmentalists have been, uh, have been uh, targets mm -hmm. of, uh, of people who uh, wound up uh, doing some 
various sundry things, and those targets tend to be directed around the First Amendment. Yep. <laughs> no, it's, it's a bit of bringing up the First Amendment. It's almost like it's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Hertella case is one that's, that's, right. that's unbelievable. That yeah. uh, that uh, where uh, you can get a, a jury to 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 go after somebody for. Um, for expressing free opinion in an email, or whatever it happens to be, and then the idea that you might have hurt somebody's business—I uh, mean, it's just—it's unbelievable. It ha you, would, you would have to lock up almost everybody who ever wrote a letter to an editor and got it published. That, that's the truth. You, I mean, uh, people are if, outraged all the time. If that's the threshold. If that's the threshold. Um, uh, you know, I mean, pick up any community newspaper in this country and you'll see a letter about somebody saying, you know, we do not, we don't want a Walmart in our neighborhood. Uh, there'll be traffic, there'll be crime, there'll be guys trying to buy your children for $200,000. <laughs> you know, that's, and, and they don't get sued for $4 million for saying that. But, right. but, when, but when you, like you say, you pick out someone who's a, a well-known and, and high-profile environmentalist and go after them, or anybody, it doesn't matter what your cause is, it should, be, it should scare the hell out of everybody, yeah. no matter w what your passion is. It's, it's a scary time. And uh, as I said, thank God we have the Supreme Court, we do, because... Uh, we are so screwed. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the state of the news media, um, uh, as this is still the, the main vehicle where folks are hopefully still relying on, on uh, biased uh, information in this day and age. Uh, but yet, they, uh, we as journalists certainly enjoy a uh, public approval rating just above that of politician, and maybe just below lawyer. I'm not sure, maybe we're squeezed in somewhere in there, if that's fair to say. What do you think uh, contributes to that? How do we address that, Dave? The low state of the esteem held, the media's held in? Yeah. Well, I think we haven't done ourselves any favors during the Trump administration. Mm. I, and this, Carl may disagree with me on this, but I think, you know, it's not a secret that most of the people in the media are liberal or progressive, more, more on that end of the political spectrum. And I, my feeling, I've known that you know, as long as I've been in the business, but I, I always felt that uh, the people I knew who covered campaigns whatever, did a really good job, really worked really, took it very seriously being unbiased and unfair. I think we lost a lot of that when, I think Trump makes people crazy, mm. but he, turns, he turned a lot of media people into their own worst enemies. They just let it slip. They, they, they let their standards slip. They, they have not done a good job, in, 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 not everybody, but large chunks of the big, the big time media have, have not done a good job of hiding their agenda mm. and or, or trying to implement their agenda and people see that not well, I think cable news I think television is probably I feel more strongly about that I think, I think I, but I think it's true not just television I think it's true the, also the New York Times and the Washington Post and I you know have many friends of both of those papers and love them and respect them yeah I don't know the Times piece on the Trump family tax fraud was well, that was right. great. That, that was, was great journalism. That's not yeah. what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about like people who are reporters. That's their job, but they tweet openly. Um, yeah, that's biased. That's, you know, like there, I mean, there was you, there, you shouldn't do that. There, you know? well, there was a time when, and I'm I, I'm serious. In the Miami Herald newsroom, if you we, before we had social media, but if you did that or expressed any if you were on the investigations team or any sort of serious part of that newsroom, you wouldn't be there anymore if you did that. Yeah. You just, you, you would, it would be unimaginable for, for like someone like Bob Shaw or Tom Fiedler, Bob's here tonight, people that I grew up around in, in that newsroom. That just wasn't, yeah. that, that wasn't part of the discussion ever. And it was certainly the idea, but part of the problem is that now newspapers want their reporters to all- Be Twitter stars. Be Twitter stars, and they all want them to, uh, to, to be out there in the social media. And nothing good can come of that. I promise you, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's all about how many, you know, you clickbait and all that. And I get, I get all the digital part, but once you start 
going beyond the fact that you're just what you're reporting, what you're doing. And you're, then you try to get cute, and then you try to get funny, and you get, then the, you hit the snark button. And that's what Dave and I get paid to do. We don't need any frickin' competition. <laughs> uh, but but we're, we're not out there pretending to be objective. We're just, we're just smart asses. That's what we do. But, but if you're out there covering a serious story, and, and it does get into a problem, and I can't, I'm to the point where Well, I then when the Times does do really good journalism, as it did with the Trump tax fees, people can say, yeah, but you're, you're biased, because they've given them reason to believe that. And, you know, I think it's a shame. Trump, Trump made people in our business crazy, some of them. And we but, need to get, pull back and but, get... But I'll, I'll tell you something else that's true. In my 40-odd years of doing this, the press has never been popular. There, there's never been a time in my memory when a public opinion poll showed that journalism uh, and the profession of journalism and journalism in general was popular, ever. They hated him when Nixon was, you know, they bashed him all the time when Nixon was there and they're doing it now. So if you're going into this business to look for the great big sweet hug from, of appreciation from the general public, you're an idiot. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Uh, it's the adversarial nature of what we do, and you have thick skin. There are rules. There are things you don't do and you don't say, and there are some, there are some dumbass people in our business uh, and, and, and wrong-headed people in our business, as there are in every one of your occupations out there. But, but the idea that we need approval, that we should be chagrined, right. that we're, we're, you know, that we're, okay, we're, you know, five, only five percentage points ahead of Jeffrey Dahmer in the popularity poll. I don't, I couldn't give a shit about that. I couldn't care less. That's not why I do what I do, and that's not, that's, none of us should. Who gives a shit? Seriously. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you do what you do, and you move on. You move on. The it's the, I mean, we're never going to be, I, I, Obama hated the press, for right. God's sake. No, it's not like anybody said, oh, great, 60 Minutes is here to interview me. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> that's, well, that's great. No, there ought to be orifices puckering when, you, when you, that, you, they knock yeah. on your door. That's the way it ought to be. It ought to, always has been. Let me flip that script, though, to the other side and talk about the media diet of citizens, of consumers here. I mean, social media has certainly changed yeah. that. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not to solicit opinions about the business model of the press or anything like that, but more about the responsibility. Our, our business model is that we're just going to continue getting smaller <laughs> That's right. until we start making money. <laughs> You're right. Well, we've, we've always talked about this, though, even before social media, that if, if here's what's going to happen. Someone in the paper is going to, there, there's going to be a, a genocide uh, in, in a country in the next couple, probably in the next couple months and it will not be on the front page, most likely, of most newspapers of this country. Um, but if one of the uh, Kardashians gets arrested on a DUI or, or something, um, it, it will be much more prominently played, and it will be a story that will be more read. If you put the two side by side, genocide in one headline, Kardashian in the other, you would be sickened by the, what the numbers are gonna be on the readership of that. It's, People, some people, that's what they, I mean, it's astonishing. That's what sells papers or sells stories or sells clicks or whatever it is. So you have to, you throw that in the mix. How do you, do, how do you deal with that as an editor in, in, a, in, a, in a, a way that you can stand to look at yourself in the, morning, in the mirror in the morning? How do you deal with the great public appetite for celebrity, for, or for what pith helmet Melania Trump is, is wearing? Who gives a rat's ass what she's wearing? Apparently, lots of people do, um, and so how do you how do you deal with the, the, this, this sort of banal appetite that, that has, and it's been there a long time, long before the social media. Yeah, we we used to think that um, people read the newspaper because they were really interested in what we had to say about the Middle East, and then now thanks to the internet, we we know they don't give a <laughs> what we say about the Middle East. Yeah, really, that's the truth. They and and. Um, it's been it's been rough to deal with as you know the, the we want to we want to get readers um, and so we want to give them what they want but more and more we 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 don't do anything but give them what we want you know mm -hmm. we we let that sort of drive our 
all our resources and uh, you know so it's your fault yeah <laughs> no but scandal sells scandal has always sold it is yeah. that's not that's nothing new but you're right and but sometimes here's what I think I think you also get a news hangover since the 2016 election I know I I, I, I keep the mute button on because if I, you know, flipping through and there's the CNN or the Fox or the CNBC and they've got eight talking heads split up yeah. and they're all yakking at the same time. And one of about, Michael Avenatti. Yeah, and our next president, Michael Avenatti, right. <laughs> and, and they're seriously talking about it. I mean, I think at that point, if in between those stations, I, there's a, a, a Kardashian getting a, a butt lift. I will watch that. I will say, you know what? I'm going to get more out yeah. of that than, yeah. than watching Wolf Blitzer salivate uh, another five minutes. I think you get overloaded, and I think that's, when I, that's one. I agree with Dave. We, we don't do ourselves any favors by the piling on and by the, just the obsessive nature and, and, and you know, you know, the impeachment talk. I mean, give yeah. me a so, break. So, Carl, if you're watching the Kardashian butt lift story, how did you miss the sphincter story? That's what I earlier. I, because you know what? Because I have a I have a, the cheaper cable package. I don't get I don't right. get the I don't get basic the sphincter cable. channel. I just want to toss I, it out I, there. Yeah, basic cable. Yeah, why, I just got basic cable. Why would a person bleach a sphincter? I'm just I'm just tossing it out there, but I didn't. Again, like, I think we're I mean, like, I've well, there's also the journalistic question about how what? as well. How? Well, this is I our job. question. I don't, who, who, I would what, where, how? Why. I would start with okay. why. I mean, right. If there's a reason, sure, we'll all want to blink, bleach our sphincters. <laughs> who wouldn't if there's a reason? But <laughs> what's the reason? What's, like, you've been around people, I've been around people. Have you ever heard anybody say, you know what I really liked about? <laughs> Why don't you ask your proctologist? No, he, right. Ask the doctor. He, that's, a, that's a good idea. Because yeah. He, he probably He's got could two give hands you free. an answer like that. I bet yeah. he could. Uh, <laughs> but is that something you want to pursue? No, I'm just curious. I mean, not if. No. I, I have no idea. I, I, I will tell you this that I was in. Uh, I was in Key West a couple months ago. Hey, no. you were young, you needed the money, Carl. <laughs> yeah, no. But there was actually an ad, and somebody, I actually clipped it out and saved it because I was trying, trying to find a way to use this in a novel, the ad, and it was so, it was so, at the time, this was a new thing, and it was a, it was a, uh, basically a, a sphincter bleaching clinic. So he... And, and it was, and it was, uh, I was off, it wasn't right on Duval Street, it was off Duval Street somewhere, but nonetheless, there was an ad, and I thought, well, this is, I've got to work this, but then I couldn't I figure out. To, let's how, say you're work, let's say you own a sphincter bleaching clinic. I, and, number one, I would definitely in, put it off Duval Street if I did. You know, yeah, no, yeah, it was, definitely. there's zoning issues, right. you can't be right, right next to Sloppy <laughs> Joe's. No. Let's say you own a string. Yeah. A fleet, you know, like you're, you're the king of that, and, and you're at a party. What do, you, what do you tell? Do you say like I'm in medical care? What do you? Say? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, you know. And this is why we have a First Amendment. That's right. That's right. That's exactly. So, so we should be able. This is a good point. We should be able to go to a municipality like Key West and walk into the city hall and find out and look at the at, at the occupational licenses. That's right. And uh, under S, uh, or bit, either S or bleaching or sphincter, some w w flip it around, but we should be able to get all the information to, to, to get to the, the bottom of it. Yeah. That was a long way for a horrible <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. That was a long way Duval, down Duval Street for that joke. Jesus. All right, so we are on the cusp of election season here in Florida. Early voting starts in two weeks, I think it is. Today's the last day to register to vote, by the way. Um, uh, if, if either of you were on the ballot, for what office? <laughs> Governor. Your first action in January, should you win and be sworn uh, I would pardon myself. <laughs> Just, 
ahead of time because it would preemptive pardoning. It wouldn't be pretty. It oh. wouldn't be. Now I've long said. I mean, if if I had actual political office, I would be a motorcading. That'd be my thing. I would motorcade. Yeah. I, like if I were the president, I would just go wake up and say, I'm going to Tucson and just screw up traffic. You know, just motorcade around. Wouldn't stop, wouldn't do anything, just motorcade. And get back, and that'd be like a commitment to motorcading. That would be me. Just because I, you know, you could do it. You could do it when you go. Like the highlight of my journalism career in a way was I spent a day, the late Barbara Bush was campaigning for her husband in, in uh, New Hampshire, and I ended up in the press pool for, for Barbara Bush, and we spent the whole day just going around New Hampshire from event to event, and we never stopped once for anything, you know, just no, no red lights, nothing, everywhere, yeah. cars backed up for miles, and everything. ha, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, New Hampshire, you know, we're, we're here to give you our message, New Hampshire, <laughs> vote for me, and that, that's like what it's like to be, the, you know, in that position, you yeah. Nobody has to, you, everybody has to stop and get out of your way. It's, yeah. it's easy to see why this would become most, like, addictive, certainly to me. Yeah, nobody has to tell you if you have toilet paper stuck to you. Right. No, yeah, nobody has, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I would just stick some toilet paper on my shoe and just go out and deal with it, people, you know. Um, the first thing I would do is uh, convey... He's going to say he would end world hunger or something. No, 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 this is my, no, but I'm serious what I'm going to say. The first thing I would do is convene the legislature. And, and say um, in my state of the state address, all of us here should, uh, everyone in this room uh, should be drug tested immediately. Because um, years ago, you, you remember when Rick's, some of the Republicans got together and said there was just too many people on welfare who are using drugs, so we should start drug testing everyone who, who wants welfare in this state of Florida. And I wrote a column saying, that's great. Here's what I'll do. I'll pay for a drug test for every single member of the legislature who, who wants to go get one. I'll do it tomorrow. And we'll, we'll get a lab set up. And you all, every, if you want to pass that law, then all of you out there go pee in a cup right now. And you'll be shocked to know um, nobody volunteered for that. Um, <laughs> and because I said, let's start with the governor. Line it up, Rick. Take off the Navy hat. Uh, do. But, uh, but I would love to see their faces. I mean, I mean because, you know, if it's good enough for the, the folks who, why not good enough for them? And if you've been to Tallahassee and you watch these people behave, you, you would not think that was a radical idea. <laughs> I swear to God, if you, if you, if, if you did that, that, that would be the loneliest, emptiest town uh, you would ever find. Because you, most people who have to live there and deal in that world, the lobbyist world, just there's a reason Tallahassee is, it's so hard to fly there. There's a reason. They don't want you there. They don't want any people to pub, they don't want anybody to get there except lobbyists and things on private planes. If, there were air, if Delta was flying for there five times a day, it would wreck their up there. It would. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do with all the public up there. So, wrecked a little fun and pains. I just thought I'd just like to have fun with them, mess them around. Then I would just quit after that. <laughs> state of the state, drug test, then resignation. Quit, then resign, yeah. Yeah. It would lead to another election, though. Yeah. I had to have my new passport by then. <laughs> all right, fellas. You guys have uh, both uh, made a lot of people laugh at ourselves and made the rest of the world laugh at us in, in Florida. What are you most proud of as a Floridian? Well, I've, <clears throat> I've never sought or held any public office in this state. I am <laughs> um, most proud of the fact that um, I've been to traffic school six times, <laughs> and, uh, and under Florida law, you're only supposed to be able to go two times, I believe. <laughs> um, and I called up the last time, I was trying to be honest, and I said, called up Tallahassee, I said, you know, I, I really wouldn't like to get these points on my license, but I don't know how many times I've been to traffic school, uh, and they said, Mr. Hyacin, we don't have any record of you having been to traffic school. You still got two or three left. And I said, 
That's fantastic. I, I knew I didn't. So. You know, I, I can explain why. Nobody that I've ever met can spell your last name. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl Hyacin, Dave Barry. We done? Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.